Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Denver Stiff Show. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Friday night as we're recording at an abnormal time because there's an abnormal situation that has happened. The NBA schedule has dropped at a completely irrational time, and we wanted to talk about it. So I knew I was going to be hanging out with a couple of lovely people, and I just wanted to make sure to get in some conversation with them on the Denver Stiff Show. I am joined today uh, in a home that I have not been in before, but it is my first time. I am joined today by social media director Jenna Garcia. Jenna, hello. What up? Um, we are like safe, everybody, just in case anyone was wondering about that. But yes. <laughs> yes, we are. We're still being safe, oh, but I am here. I know you guys are excited to have me because I'm excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other laugh that you hear is our newest member of Denver Stiffs, uh, Riley Biller. She is our social media, I'm calling her the versatile intern now, but she's really been mostly <laughs> social media, but but she's done a great job. Riley, how are you? I'm doing good. Can't complain. Yeah? Yeah. Riley is from the South Carolina area and went to University of South Carolina as well. So she's been... Uh, it was a very interesting connection. That was not the reason at all why she is Total here. nepotism. Uh, yes. Yeah. Hey, I, I am a nepotist. <laughs> that is what I do. Uh, <laughs> no, but she, she reached out and I was, I was more than happy to bring her on based off of the, the skills that she was putting forth. And like, I, I think that it's great. And especially during COVID right now, it is incredibly hard for college students to fill, fulfill an internship. So Wanted to uh, satisfy that any way that I can. So, Riley, thanks for uh, letting me into your Airbnb at this moment. <laughs> and uh, we won't let anybody know where that is because that would be weird. That would be weird. <laughs> uh, today, we are going to talk about the schedule drop as well as some comments that Will Barton made to uh, Nuggets Media today. Uh, earlier this morning, he recently put out that he said, I am a starter. And I wanted to get your two's reaction on that and thought that that would be an interesting podcast topic to, to talk about things. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about the schedule drop. And then we're going to, we're going to get into some training camp battles right after that because I think that that is probably the most interesting part of this Nuggets season so far. Um, but yeah, Jenna, I want to start with you on this one. So I want your immediate reaction when you heard Will Barton say, I am a starter. What went through your mind? <laughs> um, I mean, it just reminded me of last season, you know, when we thought that there was an actual chance for MPJ to even start. Oh, by the way, 
how stupid were we thinking that MPJ was <laughs> yeah. going to start after like <laughs> that wasn't uh, at the beginning that of the season happen. last year? And, and he clearly wasn't ready, and, and Michael Malone knew that, and, and that's how he kind of treated it. So well, dumb of us yeah. to even bring that up then, but um, it reminded it just gave me flashbacks to that moment in training camp last year when he just was totally oblivious of. Um, the fact that there was a battle, and I guess that's probably because there wasn't really a battle last year. But I do think it is interesting this year because of the situation with Gary Harris not being healthy. Yeah. Um, and with all the new guards that they brought in, it just obviously there's a lot of depth. Like Will said, he he said today that he's felt that there's always been depth at that position, which I think you know yeah, not it's true. It's totally true. true. Totally it's fair. Beasley and they had. Gary Harris and, and Will yes, Martin. Like, yes, yes. Always that guy. But a little bit of shade. I mean, yeah. there's not been depth like Campazzo at that position uh, in the guard. Campazzo's coming over. He's got big numbers. He's like one of, a superstar. He's expecting to play. MPJ is expecting to play. MPJ put up big numbers in the playoffs, and Will himself said, "In the playoffs is where you make a name for yourself." So for him to just be like, "Well, I'm for sure going to be out there as a starter," when he himself said he wasn't yeah. healthy. Like, or he said he was healthy, but he was not in shape, right? He said, I need to get in shape still. So I just think it's, it's a little bit of that self-confidence that Will kind of portrays, puts out there. Um, I do think there's a scenario where him and MPJ could start, both mm-hmm. of them. And I think that's probably what ends up happening because when, I mean, if in all seriousness, Will went healthy, he was a starter. Last year. He was good. He, he was he good. Probably approached being the third best player on this team. And he brought a lot. To, he brings a lot to the team. He brought a lot when he was healthy. And I think that his real fear is like he's getting older and he just might not ever get back to the level that he was at. And that's unfortunate for Will, but he's playing the confidence card. You know, he can't act on, you know, like that is up for grabs because yeah, that's, that's what his. He's do. And that's kind of his shtick too. That's his thing that he always plays the confidence card. He expects that. Uh, MPJ is going to have to earn that spot if it's not next to him. It's true. Uh, Riley, the, the main guys that have been on this team forever are Gary Harris and Will Barton. They're the longest tenure Nuggets. They are kind of the, the identity. Like Gary Harris is known as Mr. Nugget. Like that's, that's what he would, what? that's what we would call him. I never uh, called <laughs> Gary Mr. <laughs> yeah, Nugget. Okay, well, like, kind of like a, a fan, a fan discussion. Like, like that's, <laughs> what? he, Fans, I thought fans, he was known they, as Garris. Uh, Garris, yeah, Garris, <laughs> Gary, like Gary Harris, Garris, uh, Harris. Oh, yeah, screwing that all up. But, but no, like, like those, like he's a fan favorite. Like every, everybody loves Gary Harris because he just went out there, did his job, and did it well. So, but he's obviously fallen off over these last couple of years with his injuries. Uh, what's your what's your take, kind of your outside perspective take on on where the Nuggets are at with with Gary Harris and Will Barton, like specifically? Well. What I took away from watching the bubble was uh, there were playoff moments when Gary Harris looked like one of the best defenders in the league. Yeah. And locked down like he needed to. And there were also games where it looked like he was in no man's land. So that's what I took away from Gary Harris. Well, Barton, who that? Because <laughs> <laughs> honestly... That's probably the guy I know least about from watching from afar. Um, now that I'm here, I know more about him. But I'm as far as like a basketball perspective, watching this past season, 
I didn't gather much from them, so. Yeah, and we'll, we'll kind of get into why that is, because, like, the Nuggets have not been on TV. Like, that's that's one of the reasons. Riley is newly indoctrinated into our Nuggets family, so we are, we're going to treat her with tender love and care, so it's all good. <laughs> uh, but, like, Harris, you're, you're, you're spot on with Gary Harris. Like, I will say that, that he had moments this past playoff run where he was incredibly important defensively. Him coming back into that Utah Jazz series and defending Donovan Mitchell, that was a big deal. Only um, because it gave Jamal a second to breathe. That's literally the only reason. It wasn't like he was defending. I don't think he did. Like, everyone is talking up that series so much with Gary, especially in regards to Gary Harris, because he came in and he did defend, and it looked like he was defending at this way better rate than Jamal had been defending him. But really, it was it was game six. Jamal was tired. Or did he come back game five? Uh, came back game six, played more in game seven. Yeah, so game six and game seven, Jamal's already tired by game six and game seven. He's already exhausted, you know, and the other guards weren't guarding him any better. So he maybe brought fresh perspective to defending, but I don't know. I don't want to give him too much credit either. And and I think that's fair. That's one of the reasons why Barton is, is kind of figuring into this starting lineup role maybe a little bit more than people realize, is that he was the better player last year than Gary. I think, yeah. I think overall, I think that's, that's pretty clear, uh, given where both players were. Um, I, I'm at least curious about what the Nuggets will do because some of their, and we'll talk about this in segment three, but some of the stuff that they're going to have to deal with, with Harris versus Barton versus Millsap versus Green, Michael Porter <laughs> Jr. has to figure something out. Like all of these training camp battles are going to shake out some way, shape or form. If Barton ends up starting, that means that they have no backup three that they really trust. Like, if, if Barton is starting at the two and MPJ's at the three, they're like, Gary Harris is your backup three. Like, who else would you put there, Jenna? I mean, yeah. Yeah, he would be Gary Harris. But, I mean, do you do you even trust Will Barton in that second rotation as the three? Because then you're when you add the other pieces around him, the defense falls way off if you're putting yeah, Barton and, and in the second rotation. That's another argument. Like, they... they there are so many questions, and, and Barton isn't like this glove fit between uh, being a starter versus being a bench player. But the fact that they added Campazzo, the fact that they still have Monte, like they may not need a third ball handler on that second unit anyway. So mm-hmm. it's it's at least like like there are a lot of questionable things about what the Nuggets did over this past like over this past off season that I think people are kind of glossing over. Um. Let's talk about, uh, actually, yeah, MPJ is going to speak tomorrow. Uh, we're going to hear from him. He's actually speaking right in the middle of our team meeting, and so that's going <laughs> to, that was really irritating. Good planning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. Like, how did I have known that they would have gone at two? Like, <laughs> like it's a, yeah, whatever. But, uh, so we're probably going to hear him say a lot of the same things about wanting to be a starter, right? I mean, I hope so. If we don't, it's yeah. it's going to be disappointing to everyone because I think what everyone wants to see from MPJ is the fact that he's, like, thirsty for this spot. Yeah. Like, he needs to be eager to be on the floor for this position. And the only way that he can lose it is, like, if he loses it. No one else can take it from him, really. He's definitely got the inside track. Like, everybody wants him to win that thing. Um, Do they, though? Really, like, you think well, Will Barton wants him to win that thing? Well, okay. Well, let, let me rephrase the coaching staff wants him to win, but they want him to do the right things in order to do it. Including um, Malone? 
Yeah, I think I think he wants him to like play defense. Like that would be that yeah. would be the the ideal thing. So you want a, yes, a talented yes. offensive player, but you also want him to play defense. Um, yeah, I didn't know you were yeah. assuming the, that he'd be playing defense. The front <laughs> office definitely just want. I, I'm not. Believe me, uh, the front office definitely just wants him out there for obvious reasons. Like right. that's, he's the best. I player think there are right? people who want him out there no matter what, like because yeah. of how much he the upside on offense, and then I think. You're right, like, Malone at least wants him out there if he's going to do the right thing and play defense. Riley, you watched the bubble games. You watched You watched how Murray and Jokic went together. Uh, if they add Porter into that dynamic who, like, who could be this this unbelievable scorer. Like, like he, he showed all of that talent in the bubble. He showed a lot of different, like, a lot of stuff. Um, if they add that, can they also add another ball handler to that and Will Barton like that doesn't like it to me it seems very like like I'm not sure what the what the place is for everybody right now like can you think that they can deal with Porter in the lineup and Barton on top of that no no No? to be honest I think if you put Porter in the starting lineup then you might as well just go big because you all have Porter at 6'10", and then you could play, play Paul or Jermichael Green at the 4, yeah. and then Jokic at the 5. And I think that changes a lot of things for Denver. Like, one of their issues, it seemed like, last season in the bubble was being undersized guarding the wing. And then they would be even more than they needed to be at 6'10", and Porter, if he decided to show up and play some defense. Yeah. And then just being a bigger lineup, I think that could be an advantage to Denver. Um, and personally, I think I like that lineup more. And it's more physical, too. Yeah. And that was one of the things that the Nuggets lacked. So I feel like you don't go with Skinny Barton at the three, but you kind of go with more <laughs> physical guy yeah. at the three. Yeah. You think they could put him at the two instead? Like, like if, if they're not going to start Gary Harris, you think that they could make that work? And put Porter at the three? Yeah, Porter. So it would be like, it would be Murray, Barton, Porter, either Millsap or Green at the four, and then Jokic at the five. Yeah, I think, I think that would be better. Just size really just comes into play for that. But like I said, it, like, they have no physicality if that's your lineup. Yeah. No physicality. You could push those three guys around and Jokic too, really, from what we saw with the Lakers so as far as physically I think yeah as as far as physically like push them around right um and I I really genuinely believe that's that's where the Lakers had at least one side of like an upper edge on the Nuggets is being physical so I don't think you go backtrack on that yeah and and there's there's definitely an argument to be made there what's the lineup that doesn't include Barton or Harris in the starting rotation uh, it's probably, like, so, MBJ would have to play the three. There's, like, you can't play Millsap and Green together. Like, that's, it's just not quick enough against some of those, right. those quicker so what's, teams. what's the lineup? I think it's probably Morris in the starting lineup and not Capazzo. Okay, so um, you have Morris, Jamal, MBJ. One of Millsap or Green. Let's just say Millsap. Like, let's just say I Millsap. mean, I can't foresee them giving it to Jermichael Green. Think so? Out of sheer respect to Paul Millsap. He's the dad. <laughs> I think it could be like that at first, though. Oh, I think, yeah. And I, just out of respect. Yeah. And then 
slowly transitioning right, it to right. Jermichael Green, starting with that more minutes happen. and starting. That could happen, yeah. potentially. Because I think, like, especially as, like, the season goes on and if they're doing well and if numbers show kind of that they're doing well when Jermichael's in or Jermichael's on the floor with Jokic and their numbers are better, they'll probably move towards that. But I think they initially start out with Millsap starting. Yeah, that's probably right. Um <clears throat> We'll talk. We'll talk more about the the Campazzo thing in the in the third segment. I'm I'm. It, it has thrown an entire like loop into my Nuggets off season plan. I, <laughs> I had no idea. Like I still have no idea what they're doing. But uh, we'll 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 talk about that more. Uh, PJ Dozier also spoke today. Uh, he didn't like. I don't think he's going to have a rotation spot. Like we, we've talked about Campazzo. We've talked about Morris. Uh, Riley is a South Carolina. Alum, like, or not, not alum technically, but like, like from a, a connected Almost. to South Carolina person, like, you have a connection to PJ, like, like, yeah, he's, he's I, great, right? Yeah, I mean, he offers g- that great size on the perimeter defensively, and he's a lockdown defensive scorer. Does he have a lot of skills offensively? No, but I think, I mean, what y'all really tried to implement since I've gotten here is. Coach Malone is a defensive coach. Yes. Which I'm still trying to grasp if that's true. <laughs> she didn't and believe me, Ryan. I, I told her. I just Malone don't believe defense. it. I can't. I've tried. I've looked at videos. I've tried to believe it, but I don't. And I feel like if that is a true statement, then PJ Dozier is playing more. Because they yeah. need, they need desperately that defense. And if he's just going to sit on the bench the whole season again, what's what's the point? So they said they, or he said, I asked him this specifically, actually. Uh, he said he was asked to study playing the one, two, and three to kind of work on his defense, work on his off-ball shooting. Uh, to me, that makes sense. Like, if you're talking about a Nuggets team that has a bunch of guards and a, a team that just lost Tory Craig, uh, maybe he's a guy that, that pushes for more wing minutes as opposed to guard minutes. Uh Jenna, you you know how important Tory Craig was to this team, like at least from a a, a complimentary standpoint to what the Nuggets really do. Uh, can PJ fill that role? I think PJ can definitely fill that role, yeah. and I do agree with Riley. Like there was a lot of upside to to PJ in the playoffs. He, I thought he played really well. The opportunities he got. I do think, like, if he can prove himself on defense, he's going to be the new Tory Craig. Like, he's going to be the guy Malone will go to, the guy Malone trusts. And I didn't really feel like there was that big of a difference between what you were getting from P.J. Dozier on defense and offense, let's be honest, yeah, to what you were getting from Tory Craig on defense and offense. yeah. And P.J.'s really, if you think about it, just like a year behind Tory as far as, like, the trajectory of – like their time and how much time they spent in the G League and how mm-hmm. that worked into their time in the in the NBA now. I do think like he's getting a little screwed here because they pulled in so many other guards that unfortunately he's going to be put you know behind a few people and he's going to have to work for it again, which sucks for him because I do think if they hadn't, they he would have been a easy Next step. I think we all kind of thought in the offseason, oh, if they move on from a couple of these guys, they have PJ Dozier to fill this role. Yeah. And we yeah. all figured that's what was going to happen. And then they got a bunch more guards. It, Tim Connolly loves his guards. He loves, he loves having talent. He loves just bringing as many great players into camp as possible. And the, there, there's some logic to that, especially in this year where it's, it's COVID related. But like, 
I I agree. I I hope that PJ gets some time, but we'll talk about that more in, in the third segment. When we come back, we're going to talk about the schedule drop, which which happened uh, during the middle of the day today, and some some interesting things came out of it. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Denver Stiff Show, Ryan Blackburn here, joined today by Jenna Garcia and Riley Biller, uh, our two ladies, at, and, and we have Kayla as well at, over at Denver Stiffs, but that's right. Uh, and don't want don't want to forget anybody, but like you, you guys have been great, and I really appreciate the work that you've done on the draft, on free agency. Uh, you guys have a new a new project that is about to drop that we are going to drop on the YouTube channel, and just want to tease that really quick before it ultimately comes out. Uh, I think it will probably come out either on Saturday or Sunday in all likelihood. So we will we'll we'll let you guys in on that uh, going forward. But for now, we we've got some we've got some topics here that, that we can cover. The first half schedule. Uh, guess how many of or I want I want to I want to start by like like uh, being a little bit more uh, negative, uh, which is which is okay. annoying. I, I know, but like. Uh, the top five teams that had the most national TV games in the NBA this year. Oh um, I want you to guess who had who has the most national TV games. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Lakers. Jenna, Riley, mm, Mavs. <laughs> I need you. <laughs> Mavs. Um, oh my gosh! It is the Lakers. The Lakers have 16 in the first half. I'm not sure how many games. I I, I think the Nuggets have 37 games that came out. Um, Wait! Don't so tell us second place. Like, I, I I won't I won't tell you second place okay. yet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but but the Lakers the Lakers are in one. Uh, who is number two? Milwaukee. Celtics. It is the Celtics. Dang. So, all right, one to one, one to one here. <laughs> uh, who is number three? Milwaukee. <laughs> it's gonna be the Clippers. Dang it, mm, Miami. Neither. It's the Mavericks. Uh, really? And actually, so I will say, two through five, I'll have 14. I'll have 14. They're all tied. Okay. Uh, so everybody's kind of in that in that, in that that boat, in the same boat. But, so wait, we have Lakers. So the Lakers have Celtics, 16. Mavericks. The Celtics have 14. The Mavericks have 14. Who's number four? Milwaukee. <laughs> Third time's a charm, right? Why does no one care about Giannis all of a sudden? I'm like, not, he's not important. I'm going to say the Clippers. Uh, both wrong. It's the New Orleans Pelicans with Zion Williamson. Dang it, I knew Yay. it was going to be. Why do they keep trying to push this Zion narrative? You know how much I hate this. Uh, you know how much ESPN loves him. Like, they they want him on. They he's... want him to be the next face of the league. <sighs> Zion doesn't want that. Yeah, he's a South uh, he's a South Carolina person, so you, you know that yeah, better does, than most. Like, like he he doesn't want to be the center of this spotlight. <laughs> I mean, people barely even know South Carolina. That's for a reason. 
I don't uh, know. I just think that he's not, he's injured too often. You don't even know how many games you're going to get out of him. They did this last year and they made this mistake and they had to reschedule a bunch of games. Why haven't they learned from their mistakes? He's probably going to be injured again just because of his size. Like, I hope it doesn't happen. I'm not trying to wish it upon anybody. But, like, he's going to be injured again and they're going to miss out on games again. And they're not that interesting of a team. They don't even have Drew Holiday anymore. Yeah. Why don't... They have Brandon Ingram. Why don't uh, they care about Milwaukee again? What happened to Giannis being like the second coming? Uh, I will I will look that up in a little bit. But <laughs> it's over. Who's number four? We're gonna, we're gonna guess number five. I will say just to just to keep it honest, it is not Milwaukee. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Jeez, so, so you right. don't have to guess Milwaukee. Uh, number five, guess it. Oh, Phoenix. I'm gonna go Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn is sixth. Uh, Phoenix is not sixth. Dang. Uh, it is the Golden State Warriors. Dang, that was, also have four that was my second guess. That was my second guess. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so everybody wants to see Seth Curry back, and, and I, I get it. Like, that is, that's a, a good team to have on. Like, uh, I mean, other than. Is it? Like, we don't even know what that players. team is anymore. Yeah, like, they don't have Clay. Uh, Draymond may or may not be Draymond anymore. They have James Wiseman as their next most exciting player, right? Right, so Maybe? let's give them lots of games for yeah, everybody to watch. So I want you to uh, guess, based off of the numbers that I just gave, uh, the Lakers had 16, 2 through 5 had 14 games. Guess how many national TV games that the Nuggets have. Wait, I thought you said they had 35. Uh, they had, That's that's how many games total that came out on the schedule. <laughs> oh, okay. I, you were saying that. I was like, wait, what is that number? I registered it in my head. Okay, 14 is what they're giving these people, and they always hate on the Nuggets, so they probably gave them, like, eight. What's your guess? Mm, based off how many games I've seen across the country. <laughs> Rude. That's actually an upper hand and makes this unfair. Yeah. I'm going to guess, like, two or three. Okay. Wow. Uh, splitting the difference, it's six. Dang. Uh, they are 13th in the NBA. I was way closer. Six national teams <laughs> in the first half of the season. And honestly, can I can I be honest about this? I was annoyed. I was actually seriously irritated by this. And people like like tell me online, "Hey, you, sh- you shouldn't be irritated about this. Like like we don't care. We're Nuggets fans. Like like we're Nug life. It, it is what it is." But no, like the Nuggets are not on TV right now. They're not on locally because Altitude TV is not going to sh- come to an agreement with Comcast. Right. I can say that pretty confidently from this point right here. Like the, the it's uh, December fourth right now. The games start on December twenty third. They're going to broadcast the preseason games, but Comcast isn't broadcasting shit. And it's been over a year. Like how long is this? How long are we supposed to put up with this? This team went to the Western Conference Finals, and they yep. have less games than, like, New Orleans. New Orleans didn't even make the playoffs. Quit trying to make a thing a thing. That's not a thing. Van Gundy is not going to help them. I don't, like, I'm so over it. But um, also, I think that it's completely unfair, and that Nug Life, as an excuse for this kind of stuff now, is, like, we've passed that. We passed that. We left that... Way back there where we left the Jazz, who are non-relevant to the Nuggets anymore because the Nuggets whooped them. We're going to talk about that. I have that on the list. They are no longer relevant. They need to move on from this rivalry. They need new rivalries. And one of the things we need to move on as fans is, like, accepting Nug life for everything. Like, their fans should be pissed about this. Yeah. You should be pissed that you haven't been able to watch your team for a year. You should be pissed that people from South Carolina don't know who Will Barton is. 
and don't know who anybody on the Nuggets are because they never get to see them play. That's not anyone's fault, but out like this situation with altitude, and it's it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, yeah, we're, we're the just national turning the, everyone into thieves. The national TV broadcasts haven't done them any favors. Uh, only showing them six times when when you're showing Luka Doncic fourteen times when when let's be honest, Kristaps Porzingis is going to be out like like he, he yeah. has a knee injury. That's going to be a thing. Like, that's their second best player. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and they have the Warriors, who Clay Thompson is out. Having Achilles injury. He's out. Not going to uh, be that fun to watch. Pelicans have Zion Williamson, who is an injury risk. He's probably going to be out at some point. They also traded their best player. So, like, <laughs> it's not it, to it us. Is, it is so damn irritating. It is. To have to, like, like deal with this all the time. And I, I think that the Nuggets, like you said, they should have graduated beyond this at this point. Mm-hmm. They were a game away from the Western Conference Finals the previous season. Last year, they made it to the Western Conference Finals and upset who many had as the title favorite mm-hmm. in the Clippers. Like, not necessarily everybody, but a lot of people loved the Clippers last year. I had them. Yeah, I, I had them winning everything. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just very, like, disappointing that, that things have, have broken down this way. So... Riley, as somebody who is from a, a different part of the a different part of the country, uh, not necessarily like a ton of connections with with the Nuggets in general, uh, where are you at with like like this team was one of the top four teams in the NBA last year? Like they should absolutely be on t- be on TV somewhere, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I feel like the bubble was kind of good because we were. Out in South Carolina, able to see more of the Nuggets. Yeah. Um, and the Jazz Nuggets series definitely caught a lot of people's attention, but it was more like, who is this? What is this? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Because we didn't watch them during the season. And I think that goes back to what y'all said about not being able to show us because it's not on TV. And um, I think the Nuggets are so likable. Like, you would find the whole room cheering for the Nuggets. It's just we didn't get to see him. So I feel like it's a fan base that could be bigger if they want it to be bigger. But another thing, like, even when I got to Denver, and I remember the first thing I wanted to get was something Nuggets gear. Just something. Sweatshirt, hat, whatever it may be. And I went into, like, a bunch of stores, and it was just Broncos, uh, Avalanche. And then there's this little (laughs) corner uh, of the Nuggets and I'm like hold up this team just had a great playoff run and y'all gave them this tiny little corner in the back like that it's just not right there's a lot there's a, there's a lot to unpack there and and there's this is this is a a longer than one podcast conversation that I don't know if I want to have fully right now but like it, it is a problem it's it's a problem with with the city the city has has it wants to embrace the Nuggets but I'm not sure everybody wants to embrace the Nuggets, and and it, it hasn't fully been embraced yet. And so, who do like, you, you think could, doesn't want to embrace the Nuggets? Uh, I'll start with Stan Kroenke, but like, <laughs> uh, no, like it's it's just it's very. I, I'm at least concerned that like the Nuggets are missing this perfect storm moments where Jokic is 25. Murray's 23, Porter's 22. And like, that's a, it's a perfect storm of like young, incredibly talented players who all could like win a championship together. They could do it this year. 
And, and you, nobody would be surprised. Like, nobody would be shocked that all three of those guys came together and really put the Nuggets over the top. Like, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't be shocked. Jenna, would you be shocked? No, I wouldn't be shocked. And you're right about that. Like, this is, at least from a business standpoint, if we're just talking pure business decisions, worst decision Kroenke's making by not showing this team. Because this team is the kind of team that's so exciting you literally build fan base for year after year after year. Generations of, like, all these kids who don't even know any of the Nuggets players are. Right. You're missing out on generations of kids. And there's no team as good as the Nuggets right now in Denver for anybody to pay attention to. So if you want to capsize on, like, all of those fans, like, that were little kids that became annoying Broncos fans who are adults now that hit on me out in the public bars in Yikes. this city of Denver, <laughs> basically... We could create those versions, but Nuggets fans, so much better. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Way better. Way better option. <laughs> much, much, much nicer to be hit on by a Nuggets fan in a parking lot, uh, right? Like- yes, 100%. Totally different. A Jokic um, fan over an Elway fan? Hello. Way different. I didn't even mention Bo Bo. Like, 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 there are so many, like, weird, interesting pieces that, that like, people should be excited to watch. And, and it's if, an exciting if you put team. them on TV and you see that Bo Bo's playing 15. 15- 15 minutes per game, like, shooting and taking guys off the dribble at 7-2. Like, that's cool. Like, the Nuggets should be cool. They should be cooler than than they are treated. And it, it pisses me off to no avail. But, okay, rant over. Um, first half breakdown of the season. The Nuggets have 37 games, six total national TV games, two on ESPN, four on TNT. Uh, the matchups overall that I'm most looking forward to seeing are the Lakers, the Clippers, the Blazers, and the Jazz. Um, Jenna's over here, like shaking her head and then, like, like gesturing, like weirdly, no. uh, that, that, that the Jazz shouldn't be on that list, right? Of course, the Jazz shouldn't be on that list. I get it. There are some still, like, leftover storylines, I guess, but I just feel like the Nuggets, that, that series shouldn't have gone to seven in the first place. Sure. It shouldn't have gone to seven in the first place. Everyone knew that. And if they really want to take that leap, then they do have to, like, hold themselves to the standard of like, this are not our rivals anymore. We need, we're, we're moving on. The Clippers are our rival. Although I will say all of that stuff online today about the Clippers <laughs> sure sounds like the Clippers think we're their rivals, even though we yeah, didn't they, think we were their rivals. They're, they're talking. Like, like they, they're upset. They talk a lot. They I, are upset. It, it makes me, it makes me not like them. Like It's like, wonderful to watch. I'm just like, yeah. it was hilarious. The tweet that Gordon sent us about. How they they said they're not skipping steps anymore. That was Tim Conley's <laughs> go to answer any time last year. And now um, all of a sudden yeah, the Clippers yeah. aren't skipping steps. Okay, yeah, for future reference, like yeah. you would like, think that they would learn yeah. from last year talking too much and then biting <laughs> them did. in the butt. They and really here they did. are again, one of the first few days of the NBA season with media days, and here they are <laughs> going right back at it. Let's see where it gets in this year. They can't help themselves, and, and so I'm, I'm I'm curious about how that's going to handle, like. Uh, but you have you have the the Utah take. I think that I'm honestly more on the Portland side of that. Where I I don't think the, that Portland's in the same class as the Nuggets right now either. Like really, nah. I just think that the moves they made at, in the off season helped them. I think that yeah. Dame is going to come back with a f- like fire in his belly, like he always does. Yeah, and you have Nurkic. Then you add Nurkic this time around. I think that changes the situation. I'm really excited for the Suns. To see the Suns play the Nuggets. They're I think that's fun. a really fun team. It's young. It has a lot of cool, like, also storylines, especially Devin Booker. 
Let's compare Devin Booker to Will Barton. He has some connections as far as Instagram baby mama drama. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're going if you didn't know. Um, or you could connect him to Jamal Murray at Kentucky and the rivalry they have there, that too. Yeah, that was the one I was expecting. Yeah. I knew yeah. it. That's why I threw it. You threw me for a loop. But th- that would be a fun matchup. Like, the Nuggets are going to play the Suns, and they're going to play on national TV, and that should be a lot of fun. Uh, I, I think there are a few days that I would circle on the calendar. I would circle Christmas Day against the Clippers uh, on ESPN. Yes. That's the nightcap. for. That's going to be a lot of fun. So much fun. Uh, January 9th, they're going to Philadelphia. That's that game's going to be on NBA TV, and you get that that Embiid versus Jokic matchup, which is a lot of fun. I mean, is it though? Like we just watched Jokic do work against Embiid every time. <laughs> it's not fun anymore. There's no competition. Well, you know, Embiid is always going to be hungry. Like, like he's always going to be wanting to be the best center in the NBA. So he's always going to give Jokic his best shot. Via Twitter or like actually on the court? Well, he can't at Jokic on Twitter because Jokic Jokic don't have have Twitter. (laughs) Well, I didn't know if he was going to like talk himself up and then like get schooled in the game and then after say like he had COVID or something. The funny thing is is about their relationship versus like other centers is like Embiid talks down to other centers, but he loves Jokic. Like it's really funny that, that that's the one guy that really captured his respect. Um, and I think it's because Jokic doesn't take himself that seriously and just plays a game of basketball that Embiid likes. And so, and not to mention, he always backs up his play. So Embiid can't be like, oh, you're talking shit online, Andre Drummond. Here, let me just put you down in a, in a game and then talk mad about you on Twitter later. Like, that's his thing. And so I, I just like that matchup. And I think that the, the Simmons versus Murray matchup is kind of interesting. They're completely mm. different players, but yeah. like, but they were, they were in the same draft class. So like, and Simmons, Simmons is a good perimeter defender. Yeah, so like they'll they'll go up against each other. Maybe uh maybe even Simmons will defend Michael Porter Jr. Like that could that, be interesting. That sounds fun. Like I I could get behind that. Yeah. Um, January thirty first against Utah. Uh, Jenna, no comments. Uh, yes. Riley, what did you think of Donovan Mitchell versus Jamal Murray in the bubble? Oh, if you're not excited about that game, then I don't know. You must not watch that series because that was a fun one. And I totally see where Jenna's coming from. But from the outside perspective, <laughs> I'm talking over here, is that game, that series was 3-1. And I honestly felt like it could have gone either way. Yeah. And which technically to me means Utah is kind of right there. With them still. Um, and you just got to be excited. I mean, you got Jamal versus Donovan. You got Jokic versus Gobert. I just love it. How do you not like it? Gobert is awful to watch. <laughs> he really is. He really is. <laughs> no, this is just, I think this is a Nuggets perspective. <laughs> this is a Nuggets perspective yeah. for sure. It totally is a Nuggets perspective. That's, that's fair. I will tell you, Riley, though, you should, one thing you should know about all the matchups with Jokic is that Jokic always loves whoever the counterpart is. The counterpart yeah. doesn't always love Jokic. Yeah, that's true. But Jokic isn't necessarily aware of that either. He might be, but he, like, might he just be. doesn't care. Like, but there's, he, he really just does not care. Didn't Embiid leave him? Nurkic, there's one, there's a video of Jokic going up to high five Nurkic, and Nurkic is just like standing there looking at him, but like looking at somebody else and just <laughs> leaves him no, hanging no. for the longest time. And Jokic funny. goes, High fives himself and keeps walking. And there's more than one of those. I'm pretty sure it. there's more than one. I believe it. But like like it I think it's gonna be for entertaining TV. And then yeah. people can talk about how the how the bubble was so fun and how 
Murray put up 50, then 42, then 50. Mitchell mm. put up 57 in a game. Like, like he also had 50 in another game. So, like, there's the, the, the scoring and the fireworks should be a lot of fun. And, and when they don't score that much, what happens? Uh, Everyone's get, gonna talk shit. Hey, but at least we'll see the flashbacks. I mean, I'm kind of there for that. You just want to replay? I, I want to see it. I mean, that, we can rewatch the games from the bubble camp. I know, but I mean, like on TV uh, with everyone else next year. Like, oh, you remember that man? Two other games. Uh, the first Lakers matchup is gonna be February 4th at LA on TNT. Uh, gonna be a lot of fun. Gonna be interesting to see who plays for that game. Um, and whether whether they're both at full strength, just trying to go at each other. Like I, I'm curious to see whether the Lakers will take the Nuggets seriously, or how seriously the Nuggets will take that seriously. And I, I think that it's an interesting time because, like last season, this happened too, where the Nuggets hadn't played the Lakers until deep into the season, and they give them like some time before they have to see them. And I kind of would rather just get it out of the way. Yeah. And not do this prolonged thing because it's always hyped up, and there's so many Lakers fans here, and it's. But this year we don't have to deal with any of you Lakers fans. You're not welcome at Ball Arena. No one's welcome at Ball Arena. In fact, not even us, most likely. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so there. Another thing suck I love at Lakers fans. Oh, uh, okay. And then and then you've got uh, February 23rd versus Portland at TNT. That's going to be another fun one as well. Uh, always, always the Jokic versus Nurkic matchups are good. Uh, Dame versus Murray. Uh, the one, the one factor there is that you've got MPJ who can shoot over anybody that the you have the, the MPJ and Blazers can put him on. Who is the um Covington? Tory Grant Tor- Tory Craig. No, Trent. <laughs> Junior, oh, something? Gary, that's right, Gary, Gary Trent, yeah, Gary Trent Junior. You know they do sound the same. Like I, I, I don't know why it sounds the same because it doesn't. <laughs> Craig, Gary Trent, like it's it's just the same pace. Something like that. Uh, yeah. But like, yeah, those, those guys used to play, or they matched up in high school, and then Gary Trent loves to to take that assignment seriously. And even though he took that assignment seriously in the bubble, uh, Michael Porter Junior. put up twenty eight on his ass. So like that's that's still like that'd like, be fun to see again. Yeah, I, I would love to see that. That would be a lot of fun. So, um. I think there are a lot of fun matchups. Like, like there are so many games that I could really circle that I that I haven't really. Like, I, I didn't talk about Phoenix. I didn't talk about uh, uh, who's, who's another? like Minnesota uh, with with Towns and, and Russell, and then you've got the Malik Beasley factor there again. Uh, there are some fun Eastern Conference matchups with Giannis and the Bucks or the Heat with Jimmy Butler and things like that. So there's some. There are going to be a lot of fun games that we could talk about, but. Uh, um, any any parting thoughts on the on the schedule before we hit another break? One game I'm pretty excited about, which that you didn't I, talk about. I really hope by then some fans <laughs> can get into this arena because they deserve <laughs> to be in the arena. Is that February first versus Detroit in our former guy Jeremy yeah, Grant? Hey. I'd like to see that. <laughs> okay, good call. So good call. I'd like um, to see a little bit of a beatdown. Not gonna lie, so. <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward to. I, I, I have enjoyed that we have indoctrinated you into that hate now. That hate them. Um, I'm, I was thinking you were going to say the Mavs game. Oh, that's just not enough. Yeah. You know, the, the Mavs, like, uh, who would not be excited to see the Nuggets versus the Mavs? I mean, they got it on TNT. If, <laughs> if I mean, the Mavs are fully healthy, it, it's a much more intriguing game. But another fun one as far as... Um, international stars go 
against the Mavs will be fun. And I, you left out Minnesota. Do you not sure. want to see Malik Beasley uh, show up with Larissa? Or, I mean, <laughs> oh, <laughs> went there. Mrs. Pippen? Or do you want to... Oh. You don't want to see Wancho, man? You don't see... Uh, I would love to see... just smile when you know he sees what I Wancho? Want to see? I want to see Adam Sandler sitting courtside, <laughs> watching his co-star, Wancho Hernan Gomez, uh, beat down the Nuggets in a revenge game. That would be great. <laughs> uh, not, like, it would be, be fun to it. see them. I... I, I hope that Malik Beasley gets some help. Like that dude, that dude's just like, there's some, there's some things going on that he, he needs to take care of. Um, all right, downer. When we come back, we're going <laughs> to talk about the, uh, the we're going to wrap up with some training camp battles. We'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're back. Final segments uh, where we're talking training camp battles with uh, Jenna Garcia and Riley Biller, having a good time, of course. Um, this is going to be interesting. Over the course of these next couple weeks, I am really curious about what the Nuggets do with their starting lineup in the preseason games. Are they are they immediately going to put Michael Porter Jr. in the lineup? Is he penciled in? Is he like? Is he going to have some games coming off the bench? Uh, is Harris or Barton going to start? Is Millsap or Green going to start? Like, I'm, I'm really curious. So, Jenna, I want, I want to get your thoughts first on this one. Uh, what training camp battle are you most excited to watch unfold over the course of these next couple weeks? Um, MPJ versus MPJ. <laughs> <laughs> I really, it's good, isn't it? It's <laughs> so good. It's so good. Because... I just want to see that he is everything that we all believe and want him to be. You know, yeah. like, it's all that anticipation. We've waited so many years. There's finally no reason for him not to be. Like, the front office paved a way for you, man. Like, red carpet paved it for you. Like, just show up and do, put in the work. Like, I really do want to see here from Malone, like, on a daily basis, like, MPJ was the best defender in practice. Which, like, I guess that's a lot to ask. That is a stretch. I want to hear that the effort is there, because defense is a lot of effort. And oftentimes, I think that's what's missing for him. I do want to, you know, I don't know if he's still suffering from, like, drop foot or whatever he was dealing with last season that might have impaired some of his defense but I do want to see the improvements in him um defensively and with the rotation you know like we don't have Mason Plumley here to push you through and shove you through to where you're supposed to be on defense anymore yeah. you're gonna have to figure it out and <laughs> I really hope like he's figured it out by now because it's a bit it's been time it's time so Riley, obviously, like I'm asking you questions more based off of the bubble perspective like like what what you've seen from these guys like you saw Michael Porter Jr. do some great things uh, offensively, but defensively, it's always going to be the question. Like, can he guard his position? Can he guard against some of the best stars in the NBA? Uh, 
it, is it too much to put a young player in that position immediately for a team that has title aspirations, or is that just something that the Nuggets kind of need to do? I think it's something the Nuggets need to do, and I think that if MPJ wants it, it's all his. I think that if he's able to lock down defensively, even 50% better than what he did in the bubble. Yeah. Then that just makes the Denver Nuggets go into a totally different category. That to me makes them a legit contender in the NBA. A 6'10 guy being able to guard stars, which is what Denver really needs at that position. Yeah. You're in a totally different, you're with the Lakers, you're with the Clippers. I mean, I know y'all beat the Clippers, but. Oh, oh no, no, that's a, that's a, a national perspective that is yeah. consistently held right now that the Nuggets, even though they beat the Clippers, are the worst team. Like that's, that's what people think. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like they're with Milwaukee, like they're in my mind. If I see MPJ locking down and playing solid defense, I really genuinely believe that the Nuggets can compete for a championship. I, I'm glad to hear that. That's uh, it, it would be great. And I I don't know whether I can expect Porter to do that in his in this in this first year. It's going to be a process. He's never it's been not asked. his first year. Uh, Stop saying that. Sure, for him. it's it's the it's. I would say we're too nice to him. First year with expectations. Is no that, way. There was tons no, of expectations last were, year. Yeah, I, I think yeah. there was expectations from last year. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. So it's it's on him then. Like it's, it is. it's it's time. Like he has to show that he wants to be one of the best players in this league, and the best players in this league they guard their position. And don't you think like he knows that it's time. I mean, he has a lot of basketball minds in his household, in his family yeah. members, in like around him all the time. Like all these people who are talking highly about him, like Will Barton um, on a small scale. But I mean, even guys gave him respect in the bubble, calling him out um, from other teams, saying that he was a great shooter and stuff. Like yeah. it's time that he owns what his role is and and steps up because like this team needs him. And like Riley said, if... If he does, I think that's the only player that anybody outside of us at here at like it, within that tiny Nuggets bubble, the only player like collectively nationally that if you ask like what makes the Nuggets a title contender, it's MPJ. That's the only player people will say because even if we got Drew Holiday, like people still, were saying that they didn't think he was going to make us title contender. Yeah, there but is, when you add MPJ, he does. There is something to be said for that, like. Drew Holiday would have helped them out with very specific matchups, but it was ultimately going to be Porter having to step into a role as a 3-4, as somebody who who defended those other great players. Uh, one of the reasons why Jeremy Grant was so important to me personally was that he would have been back and doing that job, and, and it would have made it a little bit easier for Porter. Mm-hmm. However, like that, it's it's still like questionable as to whether he could do that at the very top-end level. All the time, so yeah, I think that's a, it's a it's a factor. I think Porter has to like. I don't think it's just defensive. I think there's going to be a lot of fit in questions with him on the offensive end of the floor. Like he has the ability to go for forty every single night, but will he be okay with going for twenty every single night when he feels like he could go for thirty? That might be tough for him. That he, might be because he he wants to be the best of the best, and and the best of the best don't score twenty; they score thirty, right? Can you imagine him and Will Barton on the floor at the same time? They're just like arguing over points, and then Jamal's <laughs> argue wants points, and Jokic is just slinging passes everywhere, and Jokic wants points. 
It's too many yeah, miles to Jokic wants points on the scoreboard, not for his like right, individual talent. Right. Uh, but like, and, and Compazzo's the same way. So like maybe there are some ways that they could add some facilitators into this thing to help the scorers out. Like I, I think that there's there's at least some logic there. And so that kind of leads me into my most interesting battle going into this thing. It's not the starting shooting guard. It's not the starting power forward, assuming that Porter is in the starting small forward spot. I can't believe you're going to say it. It is the backup point guard spot. And it's the backup backcourt, we'll, we'll just say overall. Because I think there is a, a world where both of those guys play at the same time. Uh, you've got Morris. You've got Compazzo. You've got P.J. Dozier. Uh, they, they drafted R.J. Hampton. They added Marcus Howard. Like, those guys, those last two probably aren't going to play, but... I think there's a – and whoever loses the battle between Harris and Barton, they're going to play too. So, like, there's just a lot of mouths to feed in the rotation, and I'm not sure there's enough minutes to go around. I mean, who do you think loses? Who Who's not getting fed? PJ. That's that's the first name that comes to mind. Like, I think that they want – I think that they want Monte out there. I think that they want Compazzo out there. Hmm. And I think that whoever between Harris and Barton doesn't get that starting spot – they're going to be out there at the three, hmm. and it's going to be weird. And if it's weird. if it's if it's Barton who wins the starting job, then it means that Harris at six four, not really six four as we know, being in the locker room, like like it's going to be Morris and it's going to be Compasso and it's going to be Gary Harris in the back in the backcourt. I don't see a place like I don't know. I guess I really need to see what Gary Harris does yeah. and where he's at. And I have I, we haven't got to hear from him. Media wise, I don't think anyone asked about him. Did they ask about him? Uh, well, Tim Malone. I think the assumption is that Gary Harris is all healthy and ready to go. Um, I I you haven't know, heard anything that that. Why kind would of, anyone assume that? I I he he finished the the sure. bubble, like in the uh, he does have he questions. didn't look healthy he he completely didn't, healthy. didn't look completely comfortable. I will agree with that. Um, but there there are definitely questions there, and and I. I think that this back end of that rotation with those guards, it's going to be a storyline all year because they're just too many guys. And I think that they're, they're gearing up for a trade and I don't know what that is. And so I don't want to speculate about it yeah, because I don't know uh, because it's just hard to like, it's hard to predict what it's going to be, but I I can't see them finishing this year with the same group that they're starting it with. You no. know what I mean? So who goes? Uh, well, they they could agree to terms with Monte for an extension, and they haven't done that yet. Uh, they just brought in Facundo Campazzo, who is a backup point guard, and they could have brought in somebody at the wing or the forward position, and they chose not to do that. Right. So, so you think Monte goes? I think it's probably Monte. But then, how do you think? How come you think Monte starts over Facundo if you think Monte's only going to leave just well, to show he's, his he's trade not value? Start, I think they're going to play together. I think. Uh, okay. I think if I had to predict the rotation right now, it would be Murray, Barton, Porter, Millsap, Jokic, and then Campazzo, Morris at the two, Harris at the three, Jamichael Green at the four, and Isaiah Hartenstein at the five. Mm-hmm. That's a small lineup. You got it's, a, it's a small backcourt. It is a small, small lineup. Um, we, weaker... Than the defense already was. Like, yeah. it got a lot, even worse than it. I didn't even think it could, but it just did. did <laughs> Where's that. Zeke in all of this? He, I, Not I, playing? Can't, I can't imagine that he plays. I think that the, the backup, the backup center spot, it's either going to be Hartenstein or Zeke Naji. 
I didn't even mention Ball Ball. Like, I'm wondering. That was my next kind that's, of question. That's uh, that's another kind of dynamic. What about Greg Whittington? Uh, Whittington, it's, it's a good question. He, he's that guy that kind of fills that, like, Jeremy Grant style. Yeah. I just don't know if he's good yet. Okay. Like, we haven't seen him play. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I, I hope that he's good. And I think I actually kind of like him. Like, I actually think that he looks like Robert Covington. Yeah, he he looks like a great size to <laughs> yeah. come in there and play some defense. And I'd be interested to see where he'd kind of fit in all this. Exactly. Like, like there's, there are so many players that the Nuggets brought in. And, like, I think that all the moves that the Nuggets made, like, adding Kapatz is a good move. Adding Zeke Nagy and RJ Hampton are good moves, like, in, in individually. Adding um, adding Greg Whittington is a good move. Uh, making sure that Michael Porter Jr. and Bull Bull have an opportunity to play, that's a good move. But, like, they also just have, like, 17 really good players. I mean, we know that they're not all as good as each other. Sure, sure. Like, you've got three that are really, really good, or two that are really, really good, one that you think is going to be really, really good, and then a group from four to 12 that is all basically the same. Which three are the really good ones? <laughs> Murray and and the, okay, and the I thought I, I just didn't know if we were just talking about the guards. Oh, 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 so, oh, like, I'm yeah. wondering <laughs> where... I, I mean, I guess because it feels like the major issue is within the guards. So you're thinking like I think Gary that, Harris and Will Barton. To you, are they still same level starters, NBA starters? Because to me, they're not starters in the NBA anymore. Will Barton, if he's healthy, but he's not fully healthy. I so think, as of today, yeah. no, he's not a starter in the NBA right now. I think that they have to prove it. I think that that's what this training camp is for. And you have to showcase how healthy you are and how good you are and I think that Gary Harris is a starting caliber player if he gets back to the On level. Any that, other like, team? Yeah. Okay. Let's say. Let's say yeah. if you're, I don't know. So let's say you're the Golden State Warriors. Would you rather have uh, Gary Harris next to Steph Curry, or would you rather have Andrew Wiggins next to Steph Curry? <laughs> well, that's an easy choice. But, but I think <laughs> I think a lot of people would say that Andrew Wiggins is still a starting caliber player, right? Not if you want to win. <laughs> yeah. True. Hey, neither is Gary if you we want like to win. We like him. We like him. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> no, but um, I mean, that may, you make a fair point, I guess. I just can't. There are some teams that Gary could start on in the NBA. Sure. But not like teams that are contending. Yeah. and, and Does he start on the Lakers? Does he start on the Clippers? Does well, he start he, in Milwaukee? It, yeah. I think the Heat. Maybe. I yeah. think he could start on two of those teams. I think that if you're... Like, let's say the Lakers, for example. But you're thinking Gary Harris two years ago who shot 40%, and he doesn't do that anymore. He he defends, though. And and I think that that's, that's a... I feel like the a, person who wins that job is a person that defends. Like, you have to have a solid defender in there. It's To me, it's not about the scoring. It's not about the offense at this point. Y'all, y'all got that taken care of. Highest in the league. Easy money. But defense, y'all need someone to come in there and play defense. So I think whoever plays the best defense should get that role. In the starting. Yes. But the second unit is so weak on defense. I thought that would be a reason to have him in that role. No hockey substitutions here. (laughs) Fair. And And Malone does that. Malone Malone does that. He uh, he starts. It's funny. The guy you want hockey is. (laughs) (laughs) We do. He he has this trend where he'll start the season in a 10-man rotation, and then he'll knock it down to nine. That's that's what he normally does, and so he'll he'll eventually move uh, one of the starters to the bench when they, when the bench comes in, and then they'll play uh, one starter with four bench guys when when the main starting group isn't out there. 
which is fine. It's it's reasonable, and that's that. I think that's what a lot of teams do. Um, but given the amount of depth that the Nuggets have, and given the the seventy two game season, I think we're going to see a lot of guys play. Like again, PJ Dozier is probably the eleventh man. Bull Bull is probably the twelfth man. I haven't even mentioned Zeke Naji. Like 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 for most of this discussion, <laughs> like they just drafted him in the first round. I hope Bull Bull isn't that low in the list on the totem pole. I think he could be a backup for MPJ. Why not? Health. Uh, I just don't see him being healthy. He's healthy now. Yeah, until the first couple games and he gets knocked around and his 100 pounds goes to the ground. He yeah. weighs more than 100 pounds. <laughs> well, well, we'll see. I think that's that's probably the main question with him is when, when you're talking about the the dependability of, of what you want from a, a guy in a rotation. Like, I'm not sure if Bulbul is going to be dependable, but they need to try. Like, if right. you've got a guy like that who's who's talented enough to do some of the things that he does, then you might as well try. Like, see, just see what happens. Yeah, I think that's what I mean is, like, I want to see them at least try him out at that position. I mean, think about that. You either are facing Bulbul or you're it. facing MPJ, <laughs> but it's not going to be good either way. It's going to be, like, yeah. a, a giant. I, I do think about it the other way, though. Where those guys also have to defend like a, a normal six five or six six dude and struggle to. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think like, the Nuggets in a shootout. That's the thing. In yeah. shootout. Player. I think I'm in a shootout. So if those guys are playing, you play them because my money's on the Nuggets. Whoever they're playing. Uh, that's that's fair. Like if that's the way that they win, then that's the way that they win. They just have to follow that identity. Like I I think I'll probably write about that next week. Is that the Nuggets just kind of have to assume their offensive identity because that's all of the talented players that they have. Like. You have Jokic, you have Murray, you have Porter, you have Bol Bol as like the the young pieces that you want to play. Like RJ Hampton, he's an offensive player. Like that's that's what that's what these guys come in to do. And like you need to teach them defense, but you can find that kind of in the gaps. Like I think that if they if they figure out a way to make this an offensive team, it becomes a lot easier. Like you just you just score and score and score. Nobody can keep up with you. Yeah. So but we'll see. Uh, do you have any other any other matchups that you're interested in? I mean, we talked about Monte Campazzo already a little bit. I do think um, the Millsap thing will be interesting, but I'm just excited to see this get the season started, get some basketball started. Like I actually was so excited earlier when the slack was kind of going off about news and everything and yeah. the rivalry between the Clippers and stuff. I was like, oh, we finally have something to look we're, forward we're to. Back. We're, we're back. back it wasn't even that long. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's nice to have something to watch on TV that's not just binging series and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, no, I'm with you there. Um, any series that you've binged lately? Um, I don't want to say. No, I'm just kidding. I've been watching Atlanta, which is, um, okay. yeah. I love Tommy Lover. Yes. Yeah. He's, He's good. He's really good. What about you, Ryan? Mm, I just finished Revenge. Mm, I've not heard of it. What is it? Uh, basically, it's on ABC, like, 2012 to 2015, 16, I okay. want to say. Um, basically, girl's dad got convicted as a ter- terrorist, wrongfully convicted by rich people. You know, the system was all corrupt. Sure, and uh, she gets she gets her revenge on him. So okay, goes through that. I might look into that. I've been watching a uh, little watching on Sherlock. You, you know the uh, uh, the the BBC series Sherlock. It's on Netflix right now. It's with Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman, and I I, I like shows like that that are that are creative and witty and, and fun. 
Uh, that that's an enjoyable one for me. Uh, and I, celebrating I, your birthday. True. Birthday was yesterday. I had a good time. Um, I uh, didn't get a PS5, so if you're, if you're wanting to send a PS5 my way, then, then the DMs are open. I promise. So just just try not to sell it for a thousand dollars. Like I, I'd like to spend less than that. So. Good lord. Uh, that's all I really have, guys. Like that's uh, girls. That's this is a, a girls podcast. Like this is fun, and I I have enjoyed this thoroughly. So next time we're gonna paint our nails, Ryan. Can we? Like my nails are so bad. Like they, I I, I do so poorly with my nail bits. They're they're, they're always a problem. So. Oh, I'm just kidding because you called it a girl podcast. That's true. That's true. We're having a good time. So I I, I look forward to the content that you guys continue to put out on on the marketing side and on the social media side, and we're gonna have a good time with it. So. Yes. And it's so sad. Like, we don't have any watch parties this year. Yeah, I I, I just, it's tough. Like, it's I, no, I've, no way I've been approached, happen. but, like, it's it's tough, like, to have a bunch of people congregate. Yeah. And so. it's just not possible with COVID and stuff. We didn't even talk about that matchup. COVID versus everyone. COVID versus America. Yeah. Yes. COVID is winning. <laughs> COVID, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. We have been losing, and it's the fourth quarter. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's, that's going to do it for this episode of the Denver Stiff Show. Make sure to tune in. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe. If you rate, review, subscribe, and then send me a screenshot of your five-star review, I will DM you a smiley face. That'll be great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll DM you a smiley face. Yes. Perfect. So do that. I, I appreciate everybody. Thanks for listening in, and we'll talk to you guys next week.